conquer local. It's really a breath of fresh air. Good times. I help leaders go from anxiety to authority under pressure. And then let's go and get it. It's an ecosystem. The hardest part here is going to be getting me to shut up on this one. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Hosted by Jeff Tomlin. Welcome to the Conquer Local podcast. Our show features successful sales leaders, marketers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs who will inspire you with their success stories. Each episode is packed with practical strategies as our guests share their secrets to achieving their dreams. Listen in and learn the highlights of their remarkable accomplishments and get the tips to revamp, rework, and reimagine your business. Whether you're a small business owner, marketer, or aspiring entrepreneur, the Conquer Local Podcast is your ultimate guide to dominating your local market. Tune in now and take your business to the next level. I'm Jeff Tomlin, and on this episode, we have a special treat. We're pleased to welcome Jeffrey Hazlett. I'm excited about this conversation because I've known Jeffrey for a while. I've seen him speak, read his books, and follow his shows. He's a wealth of knowledge, he's a super interesting guy, and a really entertaining dude. Jeffrey Hazlett is a global business celebrity, primetime television host, and best-selling author, and chairman and founder of the C-Suite Network. He's recognized for leading one of the largest corporate turnarounds as the chief marketing officer of Eastman Kodak, where he helped reinvent the brand, embrace new media. Hazlett's mission is to help businesses transform and adapt to change, as emphasized in his best-selling book, The Mirror Test. With an extensive background in business, he serves on multiple corporate boards, is a sought-after public speaker. He's authored four successful business books, including Think Big, Act Bigger, Running the Gauntlet, The Mirror Test, and his most recent book, The Hero Factor. Currently, Jeff is focused on the growth of the C-Suite Network, which includes C-Suite Radio, the fastest growing network for business podcasts. Through his various roles and endeavors, he's constantly seeking new opportunities and innovating solutions to overcome obstacles and drive success. Get ready, Conquerors, for Jeffrey Hazlett, coming up next on this week's episode of the Conquer Local Podcast. Jeffrey Hazlett, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on the Conquer Local podcast. And just by the way, let me go through this. Radio host, TV show host, podcast host, author, celebrity CMO, entrepreneur, author, speaker. You're kind of a big deal. And dare I say- Well, I don't know. Bigger than necessary, some people might- I was just going to say, maybe a little bigger than necessary. That's always been my life. The first time I met my wife's great grandmother, she looked up at me and she looked at my wife, who's small and petite, five foot one, 105 pounds. Grandma Agnes is like four foot nine in 80 pounds, and I'm six foot three, 200 something. Looked up at me, turned back to Tammy and said, Isn't he bigger than necessary? And that's been my life ever <laughs> since then. I love that story. And I always think about that. It makes me laugh. You know, uh, we were working with you. Uh, some time ago, and you, you took us out for dinner. I think it was uh, the name of the restaurant was Ben and Jack's. In, uh, in oh, sure, yeah, in, Ben and Jack's, the staple in New York City. Uh, some of the guys used to work over at Peter Luger's, left there, started their own, as has Wolfgang's and a whole host of New York steakhouses. But one of the best steakhouses in all of New York City. Well, I remember you ordered the appetizers, and I got a big slab of bacon. And I said, you know, this yeah. is a man after my own heart. I got a little tear in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> That's some good bacon. That's not your female bacon, not to knock any Canadian bacon, but 
This is American thick cut bacon, and it comes, and it's it's almost a meal. They're just it, a bacon it's itself. almost a meal. Yeah. I never had anything like it in my life. And a big slab of bacon as an appetizer, it was pretty impressive. Hey, uh, you know, Jeff, I had first met you, and I, th- I would have put this back, maybe it was 2011-ish or so, and uh, you were speaking at a, at, a, at a conference at the time, and uh, you'd come out with the mirror test, your, your first book, yep. and, uh, yep. and you were speaking at a conference, it was one of the first times I'd heard you speak, and, and then, you know, fast forward, you know, over all these years, you built an amazing personal brand. You know, a lot of us, when we start a company, you know, we don't have a lot of you know, things figured out off the bat. We do a lot of pivots and you can see the pivots and you look back over time. When I look back on it, it seems like you had a plan. And so, you know, what was the plan back there? Because you built a, an amazing personal brand and then, you know, amazing yeah. bi- business network, you know, through that. So, you know, what was the plan back then? You know, back when I was the chief marketing officer of a Fortune you know, 100 company, I realized the power of media and the role that it was going to play as we move forward, because content's the king. You know, content is the way to do it. You got you to have content. If, even if you're a, a dry cleaner in St. Louis or Saskatoon, you've got to become known as the doctor of spots so that people can find you. And so building content. And I, I said to the team, let's go out and build this uh, celebrity version uh, global business celebrity. And someone said, what is that? And I said, whatever the heck we say it is, you know, and then let's build a, a community around it. Because if you have content, then build community. That's what it does. Content drives your community and then community drives your commerce. And we'll figure out the extensions of that. And we knew that media was going to be a big part of it. And we knew that there needed to be a trusted network, hence the name C-Suite Network. And we wanted to be focused in on business because that's where the money is. And so we went with that. Doesn't mean that it's always going to be that way. Doesn't mean the way that you start your plan doesn't have failures because everybody always says, as you well know, as an entrepreneur yourself, fail, you know, fail fast. Well, I think that's bullshit. You need to succeed fast because you're going to make lots of failures as you go. We tried lots of different things, put a lot of money into it and finally found the formulas. And we keep tweaking those formulas every single day. Because what worked yesterday doesn't work tomorrow. And we know that through COVID, days became weeks, weeks became months, and months became years. And so the speed of which you've got to adapt, you either change or you die. And that's really, truly what's facing most businesses today. Yeah. I, you know, um, one of the things that stuck with me, by the way, back, all the way from back then, and it was from the first time that I, I heard you speak, um, was uh, some of the things that you talked about with brand. And I, I've heard a couple of quotes in my life, and I, I didn't consider myself a brand marketer necessarily. I started with demand generation, and and uh, and, and so you know that wasn't the muscle that I was necessarily flexing. I had to learn it over the years, and it was a challenge with Vendasta because when we started out, you know, we were a white label sort of company, and building a brand around that was was, was challenging. But uh, you know, one of our our chairman, had, you know, said to me at one point in time that you know. A brand is nothing more than the, uh, uh, you know, a shortcut for decision making for you know, you know, people and how to how to interact with you. And the, the other quote that has stuck with me was something that you said in the first talk. You said that a brand is nothing more than a promise delivered. And, uh, and absolutely, you know, you 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 had some amazing stories, you know, from your days at Kodak, understanding you know, how to build a brand and 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 challenges. And pitfalls that you can have when you when you veer away from that, and I wonder maybe you can you know talk a little bit about that. 
Yeah, I mean, this is a great, great example. You know, no matter where I'm at, when I'm doing television, a lot of times I'm, I'm in a remote area, uh, sometimes where I got to connect in with satellite or by fiber. And I'm, you know, got an earpiece in waiting to go on live on Fox or live on Bloomberg, where I used to host my uh, my show. And uh, I get to talk to somebody thousands of miles away, usually another guest that's going to be on. And everybody always asks the same question around the brand, around Kodak. What happened? Why did they go bankrupt? And, you know, I said they didn't go bankrupt back in 19. Uh, they didn't go bankrupt back a few years ago. They went bankrupt back in 1975, you know, because they had somebody who was sitting in a room who invented the new digital camera and they turned it down. I mean, you got to think about this as a brand, as a promise delivered. They had the only product that people would actually run back into a burning building to save. I mean, that's true. And today, if your house was on fire, what would you want to save? It's all of those photographs, those memories, those Kodak moments. Well, they forgot what they were about. And so, you know, they were always, about, they used to say, hey, we're in the business of film. They were never in the business of film. They were in the business of emotional technology. They would make, manage, and move images and information. And so they lost connection with that. And so they drove that film brand all the way in and skipped and missed all the other opportunities that you can. They didn't adapt. They didn't change. And when you don't adapt and change, you die. And that's exactly what happened. And so that you have to keep connecting of what is the core piece of the elements, the DNA of that brand. You know, as your chairman said so eloquently, it's that connection. It shortens the connection because if people identify with you, if they get with you, if they get your content, they get who you are, then they want to be part of that community. And of course, they want to do business with you. And so that's important for everybody. So everybody today, as I said earlier to you, if you're a dry cleaner, you have to build content. You have to build a brand so that people know what it is that you really do. And it can't just be the name. It can't just be the logo. It's got to be the essence, the feeling of who you are and the essence of who you are. You know, it, uh, the words that you, you had, it st stuck with us and it's been really helpful. And, you know, us as we've sort of been trying to navigate, you know, what is our brand promise and uh, and what, you know, what is the, the, the real essence of our brand? And, and so it's been helpful. And you have built a number of brands now and, uh, you know, pers a huge personal brand. You built the C-Suite ne yeah. Network. Maybe maybe you can tell a little bit about the story of the founding of the C-Suite Network and, and what, what, what were you setting out to it's do? It's funny. I, well, I had this show called the C-Suite with Jeffrey Hazel on Bloomberg, primetime television show, you know, number one show, both in viewers and gross dollars and everything else. I loved it because I owned it as well. So not only was I the host and a, you know, a, a commentator and anchor on, on a major network, I was, you know, had, I owned my own show, which was great, which now has gone on to a media platform that we've created. And the night before we were to launch, we were going to launch this thing called the CEO Network. And then I turned to my team and said, why are we saying the CEO Network? Why don't we say C-suite? Why don't we go after every officer in the C-suite, not just the CEO? And because we were thinking about competing with Vistage and some of the other groups are out there. And so that night we went online and lo and behold, the URL was still open, C-Suite Network, we can do it. So we called the ad agency, changed the logo, and we launched it with the thought of creating a trusted network for C-Suite executives. So and, and being a C-Suite executive of a multi-billion dollar company, you're running a budget of $70 billion just on marketing and advertising, you know, there's a, it's a pretty lonely place. And no matter, you take all the zeros away, whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, 
being a C-suite executive of any office uh, that you have to occupy is a pretty lonely place. And so you needed a trusted place for people to come together. And that's how we got started. And so now we use that to be able to, you know, to help people accelerate and hyperscale their businesses by providing a platform for them to be able to do it, to come to, to, to share, to learn and cheer with one another. And so we have, you know, we used to have all of these meetings pre-COVID face-to-face, hundred over a hundred some meetings. And now we have over three, 400 meetings a year online and face-to-face for people to come together. And, and we've created, you know, extensions. We've created products to sell like C-suite loans, C-suite legal. Uh, you're about, so we're about to launch C-suite virtual services so that you can outsource most of your things, C-suite bookkeeping. You know, I'm even going to come up with C-suite cologne, the smell of success, right? <laughs> so we're going to do that I love as it. well, right? <laughs> Yeah. And so and and now we have C-Suite Radio, which is a podcast network, C-Suite TV, a television network. We have C-Suite Book Club. So we have over 119 properties as we expand. But we had the vision of creating a community that content would drive community. You keep hearing me say this. It's like, I'm like Henry Kissinger showing up for a press conference in the 70s saying, the, what questions do you have for my answers? Right. So you, and, and with me, as you well know, you put the quarter in, you're going to go for the full ride. So. Uh, you know, it's all about driving that. And and we've seen the value of how you have create content and then how you do that. And you guys have done a great job. I've watched you from the time in which I met you in Saskatoon at one time when I was on a board for another company, came go. down the street, met with you guys. And I think you had about that time, maybe nine employees altogether, as I recall. We're it many. wasn't a heavy, heavy. Yeah, it weren't too many. You guys were all, all in one room and then we, we occupied a little conference room. And now we'll look and see what you guys have done and what you're doing for local businesses is absolutely amazing. And and also the changes that you've made, because what you do, what you did back then, you don't do the same way, although the core elements are still there, hence delivery of the brand. And um, I, I just think it's wonderful to watch businesses who change and adapt and make those things happen and watch watch you watch you guys pivot a couple of times. Right. Yeah. But, you know, good basketball yeah. players, good basketball players pivot. They do. You know, they're the best. You know, Larry Bird, they pivot. Larry John, or uh, uh, what is it? Magic Johnson. Magic. I, uh, see, if you ask me about, if you ask me about executives, I can tell you sports people. I don't know. I don't know any of them. But <laughs> if you ask me the CEO or CMO or whatever, I can tell you those. So. You know, you, you make you make a good point is if, if there's one thing that we've learned is yeah, as you go through different iterations of your company in different sizes, you have to learn how to how to change the way that you do things. So, so it seems like you're always constantly adapting and and but having networks is uh, is amazing, you know, to have sounding boards, people that have been there and yeah. done what what you're trying to do and uh, already been places of where you where you're trying to go because you can't be you don't have time to reinvent the wheel do you you know that's exactly right and you've got to know that you know because in today's digital world i can look at a website i can look at other things they look like a billion bucks but you have to deal you know peel behind the digital curtain and really know who those are and so that's why a trusted network is so critical so that you can say hey you know this person, can you tell me about their services? Can you do this and do that? Now you can do some of that with some you know, digital checks and balances out there. But when you're in a C-suite and you're a billion dollars or you know, $10 million or whatever, and you're, you're about to write a sizable check. And by the way, they're all sizable. It's just the numbers of zeros. And that's what you do. You learn as you go that you go from one pond to a bigger pond, to a bigger pond, to an ocean, to a bigger ocean and so forth. So it's important for you to be able to do that and have those 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 opportunities and know that you can count on other people to make that happen. And 
And by the way, we learn as we go. We, you know, we, we adapt. I was doing an interview yesterday that, you know, they said, how did you know that? And I said, well, I knew it right away when I was younger that I could do this. Then, then I learned that I was good in South Dakota. I was good in Sioux Falls. Then I was really good in Minnehaha County. Then I was really good in the state. Then I can take this to Iowa. And then I, I moved across the nation. Then I figured out, you know what? I can do this across the world. And uh, and the more that I figured out that, that's I mean, that's how you, you know, change. That's how you adapt. You know, and, and uh, we'll always be constantly learning, you know, no matter how big we get. Uh, still, I'm still learning, still making mistakes and telling stories. You know, one of the, by the way, one of the things I wanted to uh, ask you about, you know, all, all great organizations like the C-suite are value-driven organizations. And you talk about the four R's. And, uh, yeah. and maybe talk a little bit about how, you know, you use that to, to, to build community. And well, you know, for us, it's about relevancy, reach and reciprocity. And so in network, that's the way it is that we, you know, that we know each other, that we can talk the same language, that we can do business together. And obviously about how we can reach our reach. You help me, I help you. And that's the reciprocity. And we found that one of the most important things to add, and we added this over COVID, was respect because as you know on the political side of the world right today whether you're in canada or the us or in other places in the world the respect has gone out the window and we have to bring it back to a more civil time and in a way in which it says hey i'm okay if you believe this or believe this or you don't want to open on sundays or you want to sell liquor or you want to do these things but we need to have respect for each other and that's a big part of it so you know it's a you know we're not there to change your opinions you know we're just there to help everybody understand each other a little bit better. And we have some programs that do that, whether it's a Scotch Sunday evening, you get together and drink Scotch or, or celebrates on Friday where you can come together on Friday, just like you did pre-COVID and you would go to a bar maybe or pub and have one with your friends because you had a great week and they slapped you on the back or gave you a high five, or maybe you need a hug because it's been a real rough week and I need somebody's shoulder to cry on because we have those two or someone to talk to those trusted networks, you know, because I, again, it's important for you to have that. And why? Because, well, today, as you know, there's 19 year olds out there being life coaches at 19. At 19, you're not a life coach, you're a team coach. Let me be very clear, okay? So you need to know that you can have people that you can trust. And so that's why relevancy reach, you know, reciprocity, to learn that, you know, everything that we do for each other, you do for me, I do for you, we gain. So when you show up with a giving mentality, and then that's how we gain respect with each other as well. And by the way, it never ceases to amaze me, the ability of scotch to bring people together. Always hey, remind. scotch is a great, bacon and scotch. You can, yeah, and by, I, by the way, I'm pretty sure at, at Ben and Jack's, we had some scotch too. I'm, I'm pretty I sure. I always used to host scotch events there, yeah. Yeah. I used to hold a lot of scotch events, scotch tasting for Glenn Fittick. So I did a lot of those. For them. No, I think so. we're on to something there, bacon and scotch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, tell me yeah, something. Our nutritionist says we're on to something, that's for sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but, and so by the way, you guys, so as we've gone through this pandemic, you're, you're doing live events now and you're also doing online events more and more. So, you know, t talk a little bit about, you know, how you're using both to, to build the C-suite now today and maybe how it's you changing. You know, some people, yeah, some yeah, it has changed without question. You know, some we're starting to see the live events really come back a great deal. Although people love the the convenience of the digital side. I mean, come on, 
you know, we, we podcast three years ago wouldn't be done this way for most of them. They were done in a studio. You know, that's how I did them in New York. My guests came in, whether it was Damon John, Gene Simmons, you know, whoever it might be, uh, you know, Pierce Morgan. I can go all right down the list. <clears throat> we did those face to face. Well, now you find out that, you know, with Zoom and Teams and all these different tools, the convenience of this is that we can do it. And we did it. And it and it didn't take away from the experience. You just have to be better communicators. We have to be better. Of course, I think the most you know used phrase in America today isn't hello. It's, hey, you're mute. Your mic's on mute. Your mic's on mute. You know, I think that's 100%. the biggest one that we hear. We don't even hear hello, you know? So, so, but you can do it. And we're starting, you have to find the mix. In fact, we're doing some big events in Dallas. We have a very big community in Dallas of C-suite executives, and they like to get face-to-face. But if you've ever driven in Dallas traffic, you know it's an hour and a half from somebody up north to get to downtown. So they're not going to want to spend an hour and a half to get down there and an hour and a half back. So they want something virtual. So then we do a virtual meeting in the morning or even some of the programs we might do. We might have a speaker at an event with three, four hundred people. But yet we'll broadcast that and live stream it to anyone else to come. And now before that, you would have said, no, no, we have to have them there. We have to get them into the funnel. We have to. We have to be able to, to, you know, to know who they are so we can sell to them or visit with them and so forth. Well, there's great tools for that now. And, you know, my, my thing is, is just get out there as much as you possibly can. You know, something like somebody's going to see you. There's a pony in there somewhere. So do the, as much of that as you possibly. But it's changed without question. You know, uh, that's, that stage has changed. And by, and by the way, you, you know, you were talking about podcasts there. We, we've unlocked a lot of unique opportunities doing our own podcast uh you've got over 400 episodes on, on yours if you're talking to uh, whether it's a, a fortune 500 or whether you're talking to a startup why why should a company have a podcast these days you've had a lot of success yeah i actually i think i have over i think i have over 600 episodes on my show but over 450 total shows uh with over 50,000 episodes on our platform Listen, it, again, I said this before, it's content, 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 you know, you know, uh, content is the, you know, the king, activation is the queen and context is the kingdom. So that's the name of the game. That's what you have to be able to do. And you have to be able to tell your story. You can't just, you know, you know, count on Google ads uh, for to deliver it for you because someone can outbid you. In fact, you know, there's other speakers out there that buy my name because they want to get in front of me for keynote when somebody might be looking for me. So you have to build that content, which is organic. A podcast is a great way to be able to do that, either as a video and or audio. Uh, you know, we know that the average business person listens to five episodes, five episodes a week, or excuse me, five different shows a week, six different episodes, and maybe up to eight sometimes, depending on the, on the seasonality of it. And they're doing it while they're traveling to work, while they're on the train. We find that most of them are doing it while they're working out. Why? We, we can track what devices they're listening to, uh, how often they listen, what's the perfect amount of time. We know that the average business podcast is between 21 and 24 minutes on average. And I can tell you what the, uh, the consumer ones are. I mean, it's just a great medium. And we're only in the infancy of this thing. There are going to be millions and millions and millions of more podcasts. The key is once you do it, stick with it. Like most things in marketing, like most things in business, like most diets, right? Is once you decide to do it, stick with it. And because most people abandon their podcast before 10 episodes. You know, I, I hear what you're saying about the importance of someone, you know, 
getting out there and telling their story. And actually, I mean, you wrap up the mirror test here talking about, hey, get out there and sell. No one's going to go and do it for you. And uh, so, so that's right. You know, sometimes people lose their physical stage. And uh, so you talk a little bit about, you know, advice and what what to do and you lose your physical stage. And so, you know, podcast is one of them. Maybe you can talk. Yeah, get over it. First of all, I said, get over yourself. (laughs) Yeah, get over yourself. I mean, can, can you can you can can you tell a personality type without having to look at it? Yes, you can see how people write, how they how they talk, the way they talk, how they interact, what they do, what's on their wall, what's in their office. There's lots of different signs. And you don't have to just do it from a stage. You don't have to just sell from a stage. You don't have to just be a speaker from a stage. If if I can't convey my message or my stories and the learnings from my stories as a speaker with you seeing me here, as opposed to just being on stage, I must not be very good. So do better, practice, right? Find different ways to be able to do it. It requires some of those things. I mean, the fact that I can see a room of 1800 people and scroll through or or put a lot of different screens up and watch the you know the audiences I'm speaking some of them are eating their lunch or whatever yeah does some of that bother you but you got to push through those kinds of things right and I I was doing virtual keynotes but well before covid because I found out I could do a speech here and speak in Australia I don't have to fly to Australia and still get paid a lot of money right so I found out different ways to do it. But, you know, back, even back then, like 10 years ago, I'd set up a camera to watch the audience so I could see that on another screen and say, hey, you, lady in the red, pay attention to this. You know, you could do some different things and have some fun, but you should be able to convey your message. And you guys do this, you know this, in different ways uh, through the services that you have. But, you know, in this visual, in this visual the representation, I should be able to connect directly with you in a way that's compelling so that you get what I'm talking about. And if I'm not, I better get good at it because this ain't going away. You know, I, I like what you said about, you know, hey, get over it and and get out there. It's, yeah. well, you know, one of the things held me back from, you know, doing more videos and more video content, couldn't stand to hear my voice on a recording, right? And everybody sounds different. Yeah. Oh, there's always some reason, you know, holding me back. Well, hey, how about that? Get over it and get out there. Do it. Right. Look, if they can consider this eye candy, you know, on television, <laughs> then anybody can do this. Oh, right? that's eye candy. You know, it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's super chunky size. That's what I always tell everybody. But you know, yeah, you you have to get through. Most, you know, I was with a group of celebrities for a major, major uh, talent agency, and we're talking about a a list celebrities. These are people you see in motion pictures and stages and so forth. And they asked me to come and talk to them about personal branding and about how to how to you know make yourself more valuable what what do you have to do and one of the big one of the biggest stars in the world said mr hazlett he goes what do you do when you hear those little voices in your head you were just referring to that but you're you no know, i don't want to hear my own voice right yeah. and i said what voices and they said oh come on you know those voices i said yes i stopped listening to those a long time ago right so we have to learn, especially in this medium, and especially with most of our marketing and the things that we do, we all know the bad things that we do, the things that we don't do as good, the little blemishes here or there, if we were looking at ourselves in the mirror. That's why I said in the mirror test. But we also know about our businesses too, that we don't do everything perfect and we think this and we start thinking that we're not as good. Now, start walking with some swagger. You know, Be a little less Canadian, my friend, and be a little bit more a brash American or over the top cowboy 
And so that we we that we walk with some swagger, be proud of what you do and how you do it, the way you are, the way you look, the who you are. It's not you're not unless you're going on a diet, going to have plastic surgery or whatever. You're not going to change it. So so go with it and use that to your advantage. And many times, like, for instance, as you well know, I'm six foot three, 240 some pounds, uh, cowboy boots, jeans, standing on the stage and wow. Right. I'm everything most they think most Americans are. But usually when I go to France, Italy or some other foreign country, I said, if you expect a loud American, expect it times 10. OK, you know, get over it because that's what I'm going to be. So, you know, what I, my, my advice was, as I did to a coach today who was wor- he was worried that his own offering wasn't worthy enough to be at the C-suite. And I said to him, with all due respect, I said, John, get over yourself. Get over yourself and quit listening to the voices and stand up with some pride because what you've got is C-suite worthy. So step into it. And that's what we have to learn to do is we have to learn to step into our greatness, learn to step into what it could be. We know it's not always going to be there, but we try to, you know, let's go. Let's be a little irrational and shoot for the moon as much as we possibly can. I love that, Jeb. I couldn't think of some better advice for a young entrepreneur than that. Or any or, or any executive that's uh, that, that's trying to do their thing, um, take a, take us through uh, some other takeaways that you might. So you you work with you know some of the biggest C-suite executives in the world, and uh, you have this massive network, and uh, you know there's some challenging times coming up. You know we're talking about a recession. Yeah. You were talking about that in your podcast yeah. a couple episodes ago, and uh, yeah, uh, so. You know, for people right now that are navigating uncertain waters or, you know, given the time that we're in, what are some of the takeaways that you have for people? Well, you know, right now I just wrote a little ebook and you're welcome to go to the C-Suite Network uh, site, c-suitenetwork.com, and it'll pop up real quick and you get a free ebook. It's all about the recession that's coming and what to do. And it also the subtitle is Never Waste a Good Crisis. So first of all, it's about getting your mindset. Right. We have to get the mindset that everything's not doom and gloom. Look during the last recessions that we've had over the history of our of our two countries or let's just say North America, because we got to consider U.S. and Canada kind of like, OK, Canada's like America's hat. You know, it's like, boom, yeah. it's there. there yeah. It's a big hat. It's a big it's a big two. It's a big two. Right. <laughs> two. So when you think about it, though, some of the greatest companies, the last recession, just look at the last recession, Airbnb. Airbnb, who would have thought that you could create a business where you somebody would come and stay at your house, sit naked on your couch and pay you money for it? And look at the valuation of that company. Look at, at, at Uber was created during that time. Groupon, uh, uh, so, uh, so many other companies were born during the worst recessions. Microsoft, 1975, born during a recession. Uh, Hewitt Packard, born during a recession. Hilton Hotels, born during a recession. I mean, there, I can go on and on, and, and some mega unicorn companies were born during recessions. And I didn't see those guys going, mm, I'm going to cry, I'm going to go eat some bonbons on the couch, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. No, it's about mindset, first of all, that, hey, look, think about the COVID. When COVID hit on March the 13th, 2020, I was in Orlando, they shut down Disney World, and you know when they shut down Disney World, this shit just got real, okay? <laughs> and so I said, man... Listen, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I can't even sew a mask. But what can I be? Well, I can be a business first responder. I can help people 
not just survive what's going to hit and it's going to be rough. I can help them thrive during that. And so it's just a mindset, first of all, that says even during the darkest times, and it won't be that bad. This recession, will, you know, it's, it's cyclical. This stuff happens all the time. It's not like something we cost. It's just something that happens. It, there's market corrections all the time. So, but when that comes, what are your opportunities? There's great things. Right now, I'll tell you that 54% of the people that you do business with will do more business with you if you could just ask them, but you don't ask. So start asking. Take care of your biggest customers. That's another piece I tell you right now. The 80-20, 80% of your business comes from 20% of your client base. It's, it's that way for everybody. So go find that and then go find more of those kinds of whales for your business. That's just a few things, but you can go read the ebook. It's free. I got over 40 contributors in there. And of course, I did put together a podcast and TV show. In fact, it's on United Airlines this month. And, uh, and I interview five of the biggest economists in the world. And they talk about this upcoming recession and a couple of people from the Fed and even a futurist. Um, so we have some great people giving some great advice. You know, I, I love you talking about uh, about mindset really here. And, you know, I can relate to it. Uh, I, st- I started working at our previous company uh, called Point Two uh, right at the beginning of the dot-com crash. Uh, we started Vendasta <laughs> in 2008, and it was originally to connect homeowners with home service providers. That was at the beginning of the housing crash. And, uh, but, you know, there oh, wow. fa- fa- yeah. failure wasn't an option. And uh, so I like you talking yeah. about, uh, about mindset here. Um, you know, you can find a lot of information about Jeffrey Hazlett on his uh, website, jeffhazlett.com, and it'll help you navigate to all of his different properties. Um, Jeff, if people want to continue the conversation, they want to reach out to you anyway, how do people connect with you? Hey, go to hazlett.com. I'm on Twitter. I got you know, five, 600,000 people there. Uh, LinkedIn, you find me, I'll respond. And by the way, it's me. A lot of people don't think that, you know, I pay attention to that, but that, you know, the reason I got such a big community is I pay attention to that. And if, if it weren't for the folks that were friends and family and, and fans, uh, followers, I wouldn't have what I have today. So I'm, I'm so grateful that people will reach out and I'm more than happy to try to help them connect. Come to C-Suite Network anytime. You just come. It's open to anyone who's a VP or higher, an owner, a partner, uh, anyone with a C in their title. Uh, anyone that's VP or higher, we'd love to have you. That's that's our criteria. We do check that because we are a trusted network. But you can come and participate in any of the programs. You know, come once as our, as our guest, come twice maybe. Third time, we're going to ask you to bring a hot dish. You got to join. There you, you know, go. But, uh, but more up until then, we want you to come and be a part of it. Hey, Jeff, it's a special privilege to be able to call you a friend. And uh, it was a very special privilege to get you to take some time out of your very busy schedule to join us here in the Conquer Local podcast. I wish you uh, an amazing week, an amazing uh, summer, and uh, I hope you'll come back at some point and we can do this again and uh, talk about... Uh, anytime, anytime you invite me, I'm a friend of Vendasta. I'm a friend of all that you guys are doing. I love to see the work that you've done. I love to see the progression uh, from that small group of eight to well over 800 today. And your the success, you're a Canadian dream come true, and uh, an entrepreneur dream come true. I, 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 you know, even though you're in Canada, your world, you guys just doing it. You're you're crushing it across the borders everywhere. So keep it up. Hey, I appreciate it. Uh, Till the next time. Wow. Well, there you have it. It's always a pleasure speaking to my good friend Jeffrey Hazlett. He is a force of nature. I loved all that conversation. You know, one major takeaway is the power of content and building a community. 
You know, Jeff emphasizes the importance of content in building a brand and a community, and he believes that content drives the community, uh, which in turn drives commerce. By creating valuable content and fostering a community around it, businesses can establish a strong brand presence and connect with their audience on a deeper level. I like his saying, content is king, activation is queen, and context is the kingdom. Now, another takeaway is having an adaptation and mindset for success. He stresses the need for adaptation and a growth mindset in business world. Uh, he highlights the importance of being flexible and quick to adapt to changing trends and technologies. Now, Jeff also encourages individuals to overcome self-doubt and negative voices by embracing confidence and taking pride in their accomplishments. You know, we all have self-doubt time to time, and in his words, get over it. You know, and by maintaining a positive mindset and seizing opportunities, even during challenging times, businesses and individuals can thrive and discover new possibilities. If you've enjoyed Jeffrey's episode discussing building a strong C-suite community, keep the conversation going and revisit some of our older episodes from the archives. Check out episode 616, The Evolution of B2B Content Marketing with Edward Permalis, or episode 523, Lead Generation Through Podcasting with Colin Mitchell, or even episode 518, Digital Accessibility with Ty Damore. Until the next time, I'm Jeff Tomlin. Get out there and be awesome. You've been listening to the Conquer Local podcast presented by Vendasta. Tune in next week for a new episode. Guest discovery and produced by Suleiman Adam. Marketing by Rory Lawford, Nicole Lozon, and Suleiman Adam. Executive producers, Brendan King, Jeff Tomlin, and Suleiman Adam. Recorded at Vendasta headquarters on the Canadian prairies.